Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, well, welcome back to the show. It's the big show uh, in the morning, just after 8.07 in the morning. If you're listening live and if you're listening on the podcast, thank you. Subscribe. Give us a five-star rating because we're doing our best. We're doing the best we can with the resources we have at our disposal, <laughs> which is a, it's good enough it's right now. It's good enough. We're doing a good job. And we appreciate all of you tuning in and listening. Um, last segment, we just uh, something we have to clean up real quick, just because um, uh, <laughs> there was a little bit of confusion with one of George's picks because it had a little bit of a weird kind of nickname for himself at the end, and, and we were all a little bit confused. <laughs> I and I think we've we've figured out that there was a, a bit of a, a typo, perhaps, uh-huh. in one of George's picks. Um, so, um, maybe actually, could you, could you, could you play the very first one we played from Melancholy Malcolm, the, the short one, um, Alex, where George gave advice on, on how you should treat his picks. I've been telling you all season, fade Roos sick. Fade him. He hasn't been doing very well. Mm-hmm. He's, he's not Johnny Sharp right now nope. by any sense of the imagination. He's a dull butter knife. <laughs> yes. Exactly. Little yeah. plastic ones that can't do anything. Yeah. 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 You're like, this is basically a spoon. Thanks. Yeah. Um, okay, so play the play play the other. He, he had a pick on uh, the the Buccaneers and the Browns game. Uh, go ahead and give it a play. The Bucks are coming off a bye and are always stout against the run. The Browns want to run. That all means I'll take Brady and take Tampa as the favorite. I'm Joe Pubic right now. <laughs> I'm so, Joe Pubic right now. So. <laughs> So he's Joe Pubic right now, um, but that was supposed to be public, I think, <laughs> just because he's been so bad Ordinary. this year that he's been betting like a not like a sharp and like Joe Public, but instead he missed an L, and instead Melancholy Malcolm said, "I'm Joe Pubic right now." Mm, so there's that. <laughs> so we'll probably save that for a drop. We'll have that forever, yep. and uh, we'll have to just remind Georgie. Uh, when he gets back, about the one time that he was in <laughs> fact, Kubik. he was in fact. You got it. Uh, <laughs> I'm Joe Pubic right now. You were so sharp there off the top. You were so sharp and so tight. Is Joe Pubic in there? Yeah, yeah. Come on, clean it up. No, I'm just kidding. You're doing a great job. Yesterday, uh, the Calgary Flames were in action. They took on the Pittsburgh Penguins. We mm. talked about this a little bit earlier on in the show, but we haven't given a ton of time in the last hour. So let's dive in a little bit. Um, they fall to the Pittsburgh Penguins in the shootout by mm-hmm. a 2 to 1 score. But uh, I thought that one of the things that really stood out was Dan Vladarsky. Mm-hmm. He was outstanding. There were some things to like throughout the, the game. There was that one instance where they scored the goal where. They rolled three lines over the boards back to back to back and they were all dominant and hemmed the Penguins in their own zone and then they eventually scored. Mm -hmm. And it was some of the best hockey we've seen on this entire road trip for about a four minute span, Um, which is good, but it's about the the consistency. You know, the start wasn't very good for the team. I Mm -hmm. do wonder if the ceremony had something to do with it. You know, it was it wasn't a short ceremony by any stretch because they still did their standard warm up. They still did the anthem just after you know five oh five, whatever it would have been. But then puck drop itself wasn't until about ah, about five twenty. It's a lot mm-hmm. of time to just kind of be standing in one spot. But then again, the other team's doing it as well. Yeah. But it's a little bit different. They're getting all fired up because it's their boy. And and if you're the Flames, especially you know a team that you know 
for a lot of the guys on on the team who have been with the Flames for a while, how many times have you played against Malkin? Yeah, like you can probably count on two hands. I, you know, given the pandemic that we've seen recently yeah. where they never played each other and all that type of jazz and how often Malkin has been hurt throughout the course of his mm-hmm. career. Like, so I'm sure it was still cool because obviously he's one of the biggest players in the NHL, but it wasn't necessarily the same camaraderie you would have seen if it was Washington in there. Mm-hmm. If it was, you know, Philadelphia would have been weird because they're really big rivals. But if it was the Rangers yeah. or if it was the Islanders or someone who's been in the same division as the mm-hmm. As the Penguins for quite some time. Yeah, they're used to it. They see it all the time. I uh-huh. get that. But, I mean, like, right now, like, you have it all over the league if you want to talk about it. There's a lot more pregame ceremonies happening. Yeah. Right now. It's Hockey Fights Cancer Month in a lot of sure. these places. So, a lot of these teams have to say I don't want to say that the ceremony was a, a big indicator. Because, I mean, you look at the Philly game, it wasn't a complete effort from the Flames. Yeah, the 5-2 score makes it look nicer. But, I mean, it was the Flyers played a pretty, you know, they were all right. They had chances to to get some points in that one as well. And the Florida game, that was a little wacky game as well. <laughs> so you're just trying to find, it's a road trip, but they've, they've got points. They've got, what, they're at, uh, five points now on this road trip. So you got two more to go here. It was kind of unexpected. It was a type of typical road game. Pittsburgh's been playing better lately. It felt, honestly, like Pittsburgh five years ago. Sure. With the Flames going into that five years ago, it felt like a, a game that the Penguins would play. And you know that's just the, that's just what the Penguins are going to do. They're just they're going to find the way. They're well coached side. They've got a lot of experience. They're going to grind you out. And you want to see more of a complete effort from the Flames, especially from where they were last year, where you saw a lot more complete efforts. Yeah, this is starting to get to maybe a little two three years ago type thing where they 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 play at the seat of their pants and they 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 expect the goalie to bail them out a bit. Like Vladar was great, or you know Markstrom needs to make some big saves. We've seen it against the LA yeah the LA game earlier this year and. And the Seattle cleft, there hasn't been that full, complete effort, be it at home or on the road. You're just waiting for that right now. And I think they're not healthy on the blue line. Uh, they they still are obviously like adding the guys that they did. You can't you can't just you know hope for chemistry. Yeah, yeah. on on they're looking at it. Yeah, these are hundred point guys last year. Nazem Kadri was a heck of a player as well, winning a Stanley Cup. But it's just getting them all the mesh in such a, a short time. Like I think Sutter said it was like last week said, wait for the 30-35 game point for mm, this team. Sure. You'll start seeing a little bit more of the old style. And I, we're, we, they're getting there, but it's just not right there yet. Well, I was talking about this with Logan Gordon, right? And yeah. the idea that like if, if you are watching the game against Philadelphia, or maybe you watched uh, the video that the Flames put on Twitter because they had Huberto and Uyghur mic'd up mm. for their return to Florida. Like, there's still a lot of discussions going on in between whistles as far as making sure everyone's in the right place, checking in with each other to say, hey, I wasn't here. I needed to be here. I needed to do this. I need to be doing this better, those type of things. And appropriately so. Like, you kind of need to learn and grow and and gel together. And I think we're seeing that slowly Mm -hmm. but surely. Um, We've given some praise to Dennis Gilbert of late. Uh, he only skates in two shifts in the third period and only skates seven and a half minutes over the course of the contest. The Flames had to shorten their bench once again, uh, down to just pretty much five defensemen for almost the entirety of the game. You see Anderson up at 24 minutes. Uh, Tanev played a, a pretty modest 20. Zadorov, who's just continues to impress, 25-57 last night. 
Mackenzie Weger was at 21-25, and Noah Hannafin, who I thought played a really good game as well, 25-58. Him and Anderson were pretty solid. Yeah, and I, I wonder if we're getting close. I think we could see Michael Stone here possibly tomorrow or I Saturday. Know a lot of people thought, or like Eric Francis back on Monday that yeah. he thought he might be in against the Penguins. Obviously, he he doesn't get into the lineup, but mm-hmm. um, with a couple of practices under his belt, you got to assume and this back-to-back. Maybe Saturday, yeah. if not Friday. Michael Stone's able to return, and, and they're then, both day games, so they'll generally have the same amount of time between both uh, both games. It's not like it's a it's a quick. Sh- they actually got some time on Saturday. It's a two p.m. start on Saturday, so they've got a little bit more time. If you want to do the back to back, it's not like a, it's a long flight from D.C. to Raleigh, but yeah, this is. Uh, I think you could see totally see Michael Stone slot in here, and and then you start seeing uh, feeling a little bit better about the defensive core i know like and then you could you could pair tanev with so you could move him up off the third pair so yeah that's what i'm looking at i like the thing for me is so michael stone right-handed yeah um right now they have a nice balance 3 and 3 with dennis gilbert being left-handed chris tanev being right Winger's able to play his right side with zadorov and An- hanifin and anderson um I always almost go Hannerson, like put them together. <laughs> yeah. uh, H- Hannafin and Anderson um, have been a great tandem. So if Michael Stone's back in, then what? Do you do Stone and Zadorov back again, which essentially would be a third pair because that's where Michael Stone is. Yeah. When you've got Nikita Zadorov, who led the blue line in ice time after last game, and I think, like like we've talked about, this guy who's playing with confidence right yep. now, playing very well. You do shelter we, him a little more in that third role. Yeah, so or do, or do you want to keep giving him those minutes? Yeah. Because the other thing we've talked about is Chris Tanev has taken a beating out there. Yeah. He took two really, really hard shot blocks. Yeah, I don't think Tanev is the guy that can you rely on for 25 minutes a night right now. No, 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 because no, no. You're you want to save those him. for the playoffs of anything. Yeah, yeah exactly. So he's going to need a rest at some point this year, you got to imagine. But then again, the pain tolerance on that guy, um, by all accounts, is um, not necessarily mm-hmm. human-esque. But still, you got to assume that at some point he's going to probably need a little bit of a breather to heal some of these bumps and bruises. Yeah. But if Stone returns, do you flip Uyghur back to play on his offside, um, to, play with, to play with Stone? Uh, that would leave Stone on his right, and then you could leave Uyghur, or you could go back with Zadorov and Tanev. I don't know. I've, I really like Zadorov and Uyghur as a pair, and mm-hmm. I really like Hanovan and Anderson. So maybe you just say, Stone, you got to play on your offside for this one. Yeah. like I think Stone uh, Stone and Tanev on the third pair with Uyghur and... Uh, and uh, blah, 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 blah. Oh, my God. I'm drawing a blank here. Zadorov. Zadorov. Holy yeah. crap. Just talked about him. <laughs> <laughs> my brain. Uh, Uyghur, Z- Zadorov on the second pair. Yeah, it's... You, f- you feel more comfortable with Michael Stone in the lineup, obviously. You can balance out his minutes with Chris Tanev, who obviously, you know, I think we we see here needs to play around twenty minutes a night, yeah, uh, to be his most effective uh, as he can be. Like, but, make sure he's killing. He's your first PK guy, yep. and he's probably playing fifteen, sixteen minutes of even strength. Mm-hmm. That's probably exactly where I'd like him to be, right? Yeah, I think it, it just it ma- it maximizes the most of what you have with the, with a with the healthy six that you can roll out with Stone. Obviously, with Gilbert as the seven and the Mackey as the eight, and then we 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 wait for what happens with Shillington. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's it's it's an interesting point. It was brought up by Frank Cervalli in our chat earlier in the seven o'clock hour, um, which you should be able to grab on uh, the podcast very soon, uh, if not already. Sometimes we put it up, and Spotify takes a little while. That's true. Uh, after to put it up too, but. Uh, 
Um, upcoming on the road trip, a game in Washington uh, against the Capitals. That'll be the first time the Flames play the Capitals this season, and then they will take on the Carolina Hurricanes, who have been to Calgary. Um, that was a 3-2 victory for the Flames back on October the 22nd, which I believe was an overtime yes. victory as well for the Calgary Flames. So um, some intriguing matchups here. Carolina just took it in the teeth to Arizona last night. Yeah, they uh, they had a nice, real big comeback against Winnipeg a couple nights before, uh, lost in overtime, and then just getting back home off the road. Coyotes waiting for you. Coyotes are a weird team, man. Like, they're if, only if you, three if, points off the bottom of the league, but they're st- it feels like they're better than that they, they actually are. I know, are. <laughs> right? Like, they, they are the epitome of if you take this team lightly, they'll beat you. They'll surprise you. It's, I can't wait for the Flames to get down there to Mullet Arena. That, like, I, that, like, I loved watching that with the first game there when the Jets played there. I thought that was the coolest little building. And I mean, it's it's going to be fun for like the three years, but no, it'll be fun for one, and then it'll be yeah. dumb for two. Yeah, that's but. true. Yeah, uh, especially if they got like a Bedard skating in it or something like that. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's it, it's a I, the, the Coyotes, part he plays in now is bigger. Yeah, <laughs> the Brant Center is bigger than that type act. <laughs> it is like that's not it, it's big. That's there, like eight thousand seats. There's probably. only four buildings in the WHL that hold less people than the Mullet Arena. I looked at this last season when I was doing Hitman games. Huh. Yes, that is a bona fide fact. Winnipeg's? I don't know no, which I'm ones they are off the top of my head. head. <laughs> I don't know. WHL Barn yeah, Trivia. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah. yeah, now you're asking me to do the capacity <laughs> of WHL Barns off the top of my head. I know the Winnipeg guys play I don't a even super tra- small building. I don't even travel with the team. That's a ridiculous <laughs> ask. Um, the Coyotes are in the midst of this obscene 14-game road trip right they, now. Oh. It started November the 5th. Oh, that's right, because they're renovating. By the time they get back, they'll actually have real locker rooms. Exactly. For the yeah, exactly. <laughs> so the next game is not till December 9th. That is still two weeks and a day from, from they come today. Here. They come here before that. <laughs> they're here on December 5th. So November 5th, one, two, three, four... Almost five weeks, one day shy of five weeks, they'll be on the road. They're going to be. Could you imagine? Oh, I would just hate my teammates. Like, you know how you talk about, like, (laughs) get on the the road, road, mixing it up, getting off the old. Yeah, five weeks of that, I'm ready to see my family. You guys can kick rocks. I'm so sick of hotels. I'm ready for the the desert, and I want my golf back, (laughs) and I want my family back. I want my family back. So they're back my family. Give me back my family. Uh, they've still got six games left on this road trip. Oy. My goodness. Yikes. Um, so that's the story kind of with the Flames and also a little bit of just the, the woes that are the Arizona Coyotes. A couple of quick thoughts hmm. on the World Cup. Okay. Because we've discussed and we heard it in Brody and the Beat. Uh, everyone's proud of the team. We're all very excited. They played very well against Belgium, but they didn't get the result, which is disappointing. But at the same time, they showed that they can party with these guys. Oh, yeah. And there's been multiple results in the course of the tournament that have shown that there are some underdogs, unless you're Qatar, maybe, that can yeah. actually win a game here. Yeah. And no, and that's, I think that's just, just great. Finish, yeah, go ahead. Finish, is, yeah. it, and I've, is that, does this feel different from other World Cups in the sense that what we're seeing from some of the underdogs early on? Usually, I like to see. Yeah, I mean, like uh, the shock defeats. Like, I mean, like Saudi Arabia defeating Argentina—that's big. 
Uh, that's Jer- like a, a once every couple of decades. Something everyone like likes that to happens. point to 1990 Cameroon beating Argentina. Cameroon was like the darlings of 1990. First African side to go to the quarterfinals. Mm. Uh, they beat Argentina on their way there uh, in the group stage. Uh, Senegal beat France in 02 in Senegal's first appearance. But France was also without Z- uh, Zinedine Zidane. They did, they were without a lot of their key players in that 02 tournament. But then you look at the Saudi Arabia-Argentina one, it's like, okay, Saudi Arabia was, I think, I think only Costa Rica and Qatar had worse odds heading into the tournament. Now, Saudi Arabia, this, uh, they've been together for a long time, this team. Like, but I think, yeah, like so far, I like to get to the second group stage. Like you say, okay, if Argentina drops their next game, yeah. they're playing Mexico, and they own Mexico. Okay. So if Mexico is a type, if Mexico beats Argentina, there you go. Argentina's out of the tournament by then. So Great. What I what I did see my second overall pick from our draft. That's already that's what done. I love to hear. Great. Uh, and I'm just seeing another stat here. Like six was the most scoreless draws ever at a World Cup. The most ever six. And in as 2010. of and entering today's action, there were three. And they had a fourth. And we did have a fourth. Uruguay today. and Korea Republic went nil nil as well. So oh, Brody's just racking up yeah, results like eh, points, with his team. So. My goodness, someone gave this guy the script. So I'm worried. Like there has been score. Like obviously Spain. Outburst of 7-0 over Costa Rica. Uh, England had the six against Iran. We're still waiting for a, a more competitive game, like a 2-2, a 3-2 type yeah. thing. But, you know, we'll wait. You know, you get those later in the tournament when the, you get the good teams playing each other in the knockout stage. So, right now, I'm having fun with the tournament. I've loved the I've loved the stadiums. Yeah. Bit, a little empty, but the crowds have been uh, pretty eccentric. Uh, Mexico had a good support. Uh, the Canadian support was wonderful. Wales was great. Uh Obviously, there's a the dark cloud over, hanging over this thing, but you know, I, I when they get on the pitch, I mean, it, just, it looks beautiful. Yeah, hundred um, percent. Hey, do do anybody call the de- the the referees dealers like a nickname? Like you know how you call a referee in hockey like a zebra or stripes? Yeah. Would you ever call him a dealer? Because oh, he's ha- dealing cards. He hands out cards. No, I've never called him a dealer. No, no one, no, no one. That feels like. Low hanging fruit for you guys. The <laughs> soccer community can use that if you guys want. You can take that. That's take a freebie. That oh, a dealer. A little freebie. Yeah. Brutal night for the dealer. <laughs> right? Right? That works. Well, that works. Yeah. That's pretty good. You know, usually, like, usually you do like your dealer that you're playing blackjack with or something like that. Well, I don't like this some, dealer when he's you don't cards. Like yeah, exactly. Sometimes you don't. Sometimes it's cold. Sometimes, Sometimes it's two yellows and it's a red. Yeah. <laughs> Which I assume is terrible. You're That's, out for a game. You're done. Yeah. You're done. That, done Especially so. a tournament like See this. <laughs> um, did, did we feel okay with the refereeing? Because this guy, the, oh. that guy, was he's a bit of a controversial he lad. He did who have is, some uh, controversy. Who was running the ship. Yeah. He, uh, he refed an African Cup of Nations match in January uh-huh. between Tunisia and Mali. And uh, he decided to blow the whistle in the 85th minute. That's too early. You're supposed Ooh. to play 90. You're supposed to play 90 and a little extra. <laughs> a little extra. Uh, but he uh, he claimed he was dying of heat stroke. So, uh, so he, blew he called the it in the he 85th minute? called the game minute? in the 85th minute. Did he just, like, did he crumple onto the field? Or did he just, like, he was like, yeah, that's he it. He looked I'm hot. Like, he looked like he was a warm guy. But, uh, <laughs> it's, it's, but that's his excuse. Huh. Why he blew the whistle. Uh, but yesterday, I thought the game was refereed tremendously. Yeah? I thought he did a great job. Okay. Well, it's always fun to complain about the referee. has been though. great in this tournament. Really? I think so. Outside of the, like the Wales US game was a little eh. Yeah. The uh, US probably were getting too many calls their way. And it was it was it was, it was more kind of it was like it was an all Qatari crew. Oh. It was a little yeah, but uh <laughs> 
So yeah, read into that how you will. Yeah. So, uh, but that that game was a little rough. But uh, you know, I thought the refereeing and VAR has been great so far in this tournament. Hopefully, we get so far no controversies yet, and uh, we've almost made it to the second day of group stage games. Canada, Sunday, Croatia, nine a.m. Checkerboards. John Herdman said, "F Croatia, kick rocks, pal. F them. Yeah, don't let the door hit you on your way out, bud." Um, so we'll see how that getting the boys juiced how, up. How that fit, uh, you know, if what dividends that will return. We'll see how this plays out. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Um, we'll take a break. Earn the corner. Uh, NFL gets going big time today. Three tilts. Sit yourself down. Strap in for a little bit of NFL content. Go because, get a turkey. Uh, make your own turkey. You have yourself a U.S. Thanksgiving. Yeah, Bills, Lions <laughs> coming up, and uh, that's just one of three great games. Giants, Cowboys. Uh, coming up a little bit later in round two. So we'll ask Ross Tucker all about that. And we got one more uh, soccer report to get to before we say goodbye for the day. Keep it locked. Big show in the morning with Russell and Rose, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Welcome back. It's the final segment of the show. Big show with Russick and Rose. No George Russick. He'll be back on Tuesday. Patty Dumas sitting in with me. Alex Brody running the board in the other room. We are live. In Doug Lacey, in the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio, there are your local experts for basement waterproofing, sump pumps, crawl spaces, foundation repair, and radon mitigation. They are all things basement. Visit dlbasementsystemscalgary.com. Next guest on the program, joining us down the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline, joins us every Thursday to preview the weekend NFL. And joining us on American Thanksgiving, so we appreciate him so much more. Ross Tucker joins us now from CBS Sports. Good morning, Russ. How you doing? Uh, Ross, pardon me. Good morning. How are you guys doing? Very good. Uh, we have no complaints. What's the plan for you today? Let's dive right into it with uh, Thanksgiving. What's the what's the itinerary? You know what? Uh, I am a no days off kind of guy. Yes. And, um I can't remember the last time I was actually home for Thanksgiving. <laughs> so that's the bad news because I love being with my family and eating and drinking and all that. Um, but the good news is I'm in Dallas, and I'll be calling the Giants and Cowboys game today on Westwood One National Radio. I don't know if you guys get it up there in, in Canada or not, mm-hmm. but um, I'll be calling the Giants and the Cowboys game. So I'm in a hotel in Dallas. Um I'll probably work out, head over there. They actually have amazing press box food, uh, which is fantastic. So I highly encourage everyone to to follow me on social media, at Ross Tucker NFL, whether it's Twitter or Instagram or TikTok or even Facebook.com slash Ross Tucker NFL, because I will be posting the press box food on all of my platforms because the Cowboys – are probably my number one ranked team in the league from a press box food standpoint. Really? Yeah. Who else would make up that top three? I'm putting you on the spot right off the top of your head, but if the Cowboys are right at the top, who else comes to mind as uh, other elite press boxes? Yeah, you know, um, it's a good question. I would say uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Okay. They always have a plethora of options which is really cool. And then maybe even better than that, um, at halftime, they always have Bananas Foster, 
which is just Ooh. delicious. Absolutely delicious. Huge fan of Bananas Foster. So um, the Bucks, and then I think I got to go Packers. You know, the Packers always have like an, because their games are at noon usually, Central mm-hmm. Time. Yeah. So they usually have like an omelet station in the morning, mm, which wow. is just amazing. Then before the game, they'll have, a, they have a great salad bar. A lot of times they'll have mac and cheese. They call it pack and cheese. Ooh. And they'll have pulled pork, which is delicious. So I actually put the pulled pork on top of the Got mac it. and cheese and make like yeah. a, a casserole is so delicious. People don't realize mac and cheese is actually like a condiment that should be put on top of things, mm. should be put on top of proteins and meats. And then at halftime, I usually go two brats. I go two brats at halftime okay. when, wow. I am in, uh, when I'm in Green Bay. So those would be my top three. My mouth is watering. <laughs> what a spread. Um, let's talk about the game that you're going to be covering a little bit later on today. It is the Giants and it is the Cowboys. Cowboys favored by, I believe, 10 points, 9.5, depending on where you're looking. Um, do you see the, the Cowboys as, as that heavy of a favorite for this contest? No, I don't. No, I mean, I mean, obviously they're the favorite and they should be the favorite. But that's a lot of points, man. And I feel like on some level that's a reaction to what just happened last week for both those teams. And I'm not really a, a big believer in that. You know, I'm not a big believer in what happened last week has anything to do with the next game. In fact, I think, if anything, it's a lot more likely that the Cowboys won't play that well again and a lot more likely that the New York Giants won't play that poorly. You know, I was talking about this. Actually, I have a really popular betting podcast called the Even Money Podcast. And my co-host is a professional better. And he said that that's evidently called the rule of 50, which I had never heard about. I was not aware of. But if there's like a 50-point difference between, uh, between one team winning, one team losing the week before, um, go with the team that lost because <laughs> – um, it's going to be reflected in the spread, and you're you got a great chance to get value there. So, evidently, I'm a rule of fifty guy. I just found out on Tuesday. Love that. Uh, when we look at the Giants here, like started out great, maybe a little bit of a bump. Do you still feel like this is this is a for real team? Um, well, it depends on how you define for real. I think they, for real, still have a pretty good chance to make the playoffs, but I don't think that they are one of the teams in the NFC that actually has a chance to go to the Super Bowl. You know, I can see a path for the Cowboys to win three playoff games in a row or the Niners, the way they looked the other night, or the Bucks with Brady, mm-hmm. certainly the Eagles. And I still think even though they got smoked last week, the Vikings have a pretty good team. I think the Giants still might make the playoffs, but they're not, in my mind, in the same category as those other teams. They're so beat up. You know, they won so many close games late, early in the season. Um, I think they're probably an average team that's going to end up winning, you know, nine or ten games and, and getting them in the playoffs as a result. We're chatting with Ross Tucker here on the big show with Russick and Rose. Chatting some NFL. My name is Matt Rose. He's Patty Dumas. Ross, the game before yours is uh, Detroit and Buffalo. Uh, Buffalo playing in Ford Field for a second straight week. Uh, 
Lions, they're, they're on a little bit of a heater here. Dan Campbell's got the boys playing. They win their first road game. Now they've won two in a row going into New York. Now they play on Thanksgiving, a day they do not play well on. Uh, what are you looking at for the Bills and Lions game here? I think it's going to be an awesome game. Yeah. And maybe maybe that's hopeful thinking, right? Um, but I just I like the way the Lions are playing right now. Um, I think their fans are excited. I was thinking about this today. I mean, if Dan Campbell, if, if the Lions win this game, that's got to pretty much guarantee Dan Campbell's back next year. You think? You know, I, I got. I, I mean, he has to, right? I mean, winning four in a row, winning on Thanksgiving, beating a really good team like the Bills. I, 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 I'd be. I, I think. I think today a win for him pretty much locks in coming back next year, which is pretty cool. I mean, that's an accomplishment because a month ago I wasn't sure that would be the case. Yeah, if the Lions do get a win, it'll be the first time they go undefeated in November since 1962. So it's been a long time since they've had some success this late into a season. Uh, with the, with the, yeah, with, I saw with, that stat. That's wild. That's crazy. Uh, then the, the, the last game, uh, Minnesota obviously taking on the New England Patriots. Vikings, uh, they took one on the chin last week uh, to the tune of 41-3. Uh, what is uh, what is the, the Vikings here? They, they, they feel like they were like analytically... Nobody likes them. They're one of the worst eight and one teams ever. Uh, this is a Kirk Cousins prime time game, and then they got a New England team coming in who's won. They're in a playoff spot. Their defense is playing really well. Uh, I'm this out of all the three games. I'm pretty. I'm really excited for this nightcap. Yeah, I um, I, I agree. I think it's. I mean, look again. This is the one with the shortest spread, and again, maybe it's just you know, wishful thinking on my part, but I think it's going to be a really good game. I think the Giants-Cowboys game and the the game tonight, Vikings against the Patriots, I think they're both going to be low-scoring games. You know, they're struggling, they being the Patriots on offense, but their defense is really good. I guess I just don't really envision, you know, either team putting up that many points. And I think late uh, late in the game, I actually trust, Cousins and the Vikings offense more than I trust what we're seeing from the Patriots. I think it's like 17-14, something like that, that the uh, that the, the Vikings win late. All right. Okay. Okay. Uh, well, sorry, one, one more for me here uh, just before. We, we had a couple bench quarterbacks uh, yesterday. Zach Wilson loses his job with the Jets and Davis Mills out in Houston. We'll focus on the team that's actually doing well in the standings right now at least. Uh, the New York Jets, Robert Sala, you know, coming out and saying, you know, he's not good enough right now. And Wilson apologizing for his postgame comments. They're rolling with Mike White. Uh, is is this the, a team that is just you're just waiting for the, the, the bottom to fall out on and end up falling out and missing the playoffs completely? Now that they've moved on from Zach Wilson, then there's no Brees Hall. The injuries are there, but they're still playing decent defense. No, I think this gives them a chance to go to the playoffs, okay. actually. I, you know, Zach Wilson was really hurting them. I'm a little surprised that they went with Mike White instead of going with Joe Flacco. Um, but, I mean, they had two yards. We talked about this this morning on the uh, the Ross Tucker football podcast. I had Greg Cosell from NFL Films. I'm a big fan of his. And he said, Ross, they're just trying to get a first down. I mean, they got two yards in the second half against the Patriots. Oof. Two yards. Oh. So they really are just kind of trying to get a first down right now. And I think they can't possibly be worse than that. 
which is why, you know, I think they're doing the right thing here. I have mixed emotions because, you know, you could have said, you could have had Zach Wilson come out and more or less apologize and say he did the wrong thing and then look at it and say, you know what, um, I'm going to, I'm going to be better. And, you know, maybe he could play well against a bad bears defense. I probably would have done that. I probably would have had him do like a Mia culpa, given it one more week. And if that went poorly, then gone ahead and benched him. But I understand why they did it. You know, I think Robert Sala has to be able to look, you know, some of those veteran defensive players like C.J. Mosley, Quinn Williams in the eyes and, and give them a chance to win. Wanted to ask you as well about the Cleveland Browns and maybe what you expect to see from Jacoby Brissett this weekend. They host Tampa Bay Buccaneers on Sunday in what very well could be his last start before the Browns hand the reins over to Deshaun Watson. So what would you look for from Brissett in a spot like this where he's played well, but they've got another guy coming back from suspension? It's so interesting, isn't it? Because, you know, I guess I look at it like, Brissett really hasn't been the issue, no. right? I mean, it, it's it's kind of wild. Like, Brissett has actually played pretty well. It's been the defense, which has just um, got to be incredibly, incredibly frustrating if you're a Browns fan because it's like, hey, we brought this guy in, and he kind of did what we asked him to do. You know, I mean, he moved the ball, we scored some points. It was the other parts of the team – that weren't able to hold up their end of the bargain. It wasn't Jacoby. That's got to be maddening for Brown, not just Browns fans, but Browns management because, you know, they really, they, they could have been in position for when they get him back, Deshaun Watson, of course, to be in playoff position, but instead they're not. Also wanted to ask about the Chicago Bears. Uh, Justin Fields separated his left shoulder. He's unsure if he'll play Sunday. Um, the Bears are three and eight, but they've been a fun team to watch, and a lot of that has become has been been because of the play of Justin Fields. Is there a point where you say, "All right, man, just sit her down. You got to get healthy. This isn't a year for us, and we understand that you're kind of putting some butts in some seats right now, but we got to get you healthy for the future." Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, I'll be very curious to see how they play that. You know, and really how they play with him, period, moving forward. I mean, we all love watching him, and he's been so exciting. But the reality is, you know, the more times you run, the more times you're putting yourself and your body in harm's way. Mm -hmm. And I think we saw that again recently with this banged-up shoulder. That's an interesting thing because uh, you certainly don't want him to have to deal with an injury and rehabbing in the offseason, but they're still trying to win games, right? I mean, they're still trying to establish something here. So I, I think that I'll be very curious to whether or not he plays. Very curious. Wanted to also ask just a couple more. The Philadelphia Eagles, they're 9-1 now. Um, they scraped out a win against Jeff Saturday's Colts this past weekend, though. Is there any cause for concern with anything you're seeing from Philly right now? Well, the good news is they they came back and played much, much better on defense. After the first drive, when the Colts went right down the field against them, 
the Eagles were awesome on defense. They gave up three field goals the rest of the game. And so that's encouraging. Offensively, they just haven't quite clicked the last couple weeks like they did before that. But you watch, and it's like a penalty here. You know, Jason Kelsey, who's a stud, snaps the ball high. And so as a result, they, um, you know, they lose. Um, a bunch of field position. They have to kick a field goal. It's just been like stupid stuff. Penalties. I'll be really. I think Sunday night's game is interesting to see if there really is an issue or if it was just kind of um, a few small issues. I know not having Dallas Goddard yeah. is a major. I mean, I think he's a top five tight end in the NFL. Mm-hmm. So him being out really, really hurts them because he was a weapon. I don't know if you uh, listened to the New Heights podcast with the two Kelsey brothers, but they talked about that high snap from Jason in there. It's a, a pretty interesting uh, little uh, moment in their podcast uh, in, in their latest episode where they talk about it too. And, and Jason obviously very frustrated by that moment, but they still end up getting the win and hand Jeff Saturday his first loss as a head coach. Um, what did you make of uh, the second game for Jeff Saturday uh, as the, the bench boss for the Colts, it's the way it's going to be for the rest of the season at least. Yeah, you know what? I think they're playing better with him in there. I think they're, they're playing harder. They're certainly playing good defense. Some of the same issues are there, though, you know, with the offensive line um, having some issues, with them struggling at times to move the ball because of what they might lack at receiver. I don't know that he's like the miracle cure, he put Matt Ryan back in. They won a game. Um, I didn't see any glaring coaching issues, though, in either one of the first two games. And they've been very respectable. They won one, and the one they lost, they were right there against a really good team. So um, I think that's interesting, really interesting. Ross, always interesting chats with you. Uh, enjoy the game today. Have a great call on Westwood One. Uh, before you go, let us know. You've mentioned just a little bit there, but uh, where can our listeners get all of your content? Yeah, well, always just check me out on social media. That's probably the best way to go about it. And I will say this. Mm. With the holidays coming up, yeah, you guys have to. You two guys need to check out myfrontpagestory.com. It is amazing. It's a buddy of mine's company. They literally write a story all about whoever, your significant what, you know, your significant other, your wife, your mom, whatever. It looks like it's on the front page yeah. of the newspaper. And I've seen so many people get these now, like they cry. Because your your wife like reads the quotes and it's like, uh, I never thank her enough for all the little things she does. you I'm telling you right now, your wife will cry. It's amazing. And it hangs up in your house forever. So it's like the gift that keeps on giving myfrontpagestory.com trust me i'm going to get one for george russick he's not here so the, that way i can get one for him and Hang hopefully right i can i can make him cry on air that would be lovely uh ross always appreciate the time enjoy the games thanks buddy absolutely take care and a happy thanksgiving as well thank you very much sir really appreciate the time today that is ross tucker uh calling games with cbs sports westwood 1 <laughs> the Podcast, this guy like I was not very surprised when he said uh, I'm a no days off type of guy. I oh, assume yeah. he was very similar in his playing days. He might take Christmas off, but who knows? There's games yeah. on Christmas that he might have to call. Yeah, like I'm sure even in the off season, it's hard to find yeah. a day where this guy's not doing it. He's going to the gym before he's going to go Jeez. call the game. 
Do you imagine having that type of motivation? <laughs> My goodness. I wasn't a again. professional athlete, so. Well, I'm they... motivated by being motivated. It's a fun <laughs> reference for you. I watched the latest Rick and Morty episode. There, there you go. go. There uh, you go. Hey, um, we're almost out of here. We got one more show tomorrow. Mm-hmm. We'll be teeing up the Flames and the Capitals and also maybe a little bit of the Hurricanes, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, scheduled for the program tomorrow. We have Tommy Wilden Jr. previewing Canada, Croatia at 8 a.m., uh, 5 a.m. in Maui. The game will be Sunday. The game is Sunday, but we're going to have Oh, yeah. He's joining us from Maui where it's 5 a.m. because he's on a family vacation. Yes. but uh, Tommy's the best. Yes. Oh. And then we'll have uh, uh, Kurt Mowalski. Uh, from the uh, Calgary Roughnecks head coach. Roughnecks have their preview party on Saturday. Yeah, Saskatchewan uh, Rush. They are hosting the Saskatchewan Rush in their only preseason mm-hmm. game, and then it'll be about two-ish weeks before they kick off the season. December 10th, I think, um, is their opener. And I'm getting all these press releases from the Roughnecks, resigning guys, bringing guys back. Yep. Um, it is a little bit of a change in the guard. I know Dane Doby and uh, um, Curtis Dixon have gone on to greener pastures, if you want to call it. But uh, nevertheless, going to be a fun season for the Roughnecks. And mm-hmm. that league continues to grow yes. and expand. Um, so we're going to be supporting them throughout the course of the year. And Kurt is the head coach. He'll be stopping by at 8.30 tomorrow to chat a little bit about the Roughnecks. And if you've never been to a game, <sighs> buckle up. It's, it's literally that's the tagline, man. Floor it. That's, that's the... And that's the basis. Come for the party, there. stay for the game. Yep, uh, but we're going to be getting all that ready for you too, and and look to add uh, maybe a little bit more mm. to the show as well yep. as we tee up the Flames weekend and the weekend for Canadian soccer and just the weekend in sports in general. But before we say goodbye today, uh, let's get one more little check in with our man Alex Brody. This soccer report is brought to you by CertainTeed, the pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems. CertainTeed, pro all the way. Not many goals to report on so far today. Switzerland taking on Cameroon. Briel and Bolo, the lone goal, sees the Swiss start off the tournament with a 1-0 win. Zerdan Shakiri once again showing up on the international stage with an assist on that goal. And last time we updated you, Uruguay and South Korea were deadlocked 0-0 at halftime. And that's the way it remained. This one ends 0-0. Very surprising considering the attacking talent that both of these teams have. Already four nil-nil draws to start this tournament. Quite a difference from the 2018 edition of the tournament, which only saw a single game at nil-nil. And coming right up, Cristiano Ronaldo's Portugal takes on Ghana. African nations have not had the best start to this World Cup, this tournament. The Confederation is yet to get themselves a win in the group stage here. Ghana will be looking to break that trend, led Let's go, by Anaki Williams. Up front, kickoff in mere minutes here. And finally, we will be getting our first look at an exciting Brazil side, one of the biggest favorites to win this whole thing. They're taking on Serbia. We know George will be paying an extra close eye on this one. I think he said he told his nephew to miss school just to watch. Yes, he Mm -hmm. did. He he pulled his nephew out of school for this. And today's games will wrap up the first game for all the teams here in the group stage. We'll be back tomorrow with action from groups A and B. The soccer report was brought to you by CertainTeed, the pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems. CertainTeed, pro all the way. Uh, Alex is having an outstanding start to our World Cup picks as well that we did uh, before the tournament got underway. He picked Belgium, Spain, and South Korea. So he's got two wins and a draw. Tommy's got a a, a win with France, uh, a loss with Canada. Portugal's playing today. Right now. Right now. Uh, Ghana plays today. That's one of George's. uh, That's his wild card. England won. Germany lost. Uh, Duma's got a win from the Netherlands. Brazil in action today. Mm -hmm. Uh, Morocco 
played to a draw. Yes, nil nil against Croatia. And then uh, I'm without a win, but a couple of draws so far. Uh, that's our World Cup picks update. Hey, Saturday, we'll chat with you day. tomorrow. Uh, Saturday is a big day. We'll chat with you tomorrow. Coming up next, going deep with Donovan Bennett. Then it's the Merrick Show. Then it's the Raptors Show. Uh, we'll also have sports in today with Logan Gordon. He's live at Adrenaline Source for Sports. That'll be at 2 o'clock. That'll go until 4. Then it'll be Flames Talk with Pat Steinberg and Ryan Pike at 5. Talk to you tomorrow, friends. Bye-bye. See ya.